Today's episode is sponsored by Selena's Mexican Restaurant and Taqueria in Rochester, New York. Selena's is celebrating our 25th year in Rochester, and we are proud to continue offering fresh-made, Mexican-inspired recipes that are affordable and served by Rochester's best. Check out our event space for private occasions, as well as our catering menu for groups of 10 to 2,000. Looking for something different to do? Selena's hosts monthly tequila tasting classes, as well as corporate team-building seminars. Check out the website to learn more, selena's.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S dot com. Jazzcast Pros. Well, today we're interviewing Lindsay Tarnoff of Laughing Doll Chocolates. She's, she's a great lady. Talk about walking the walk, right? So many of us want to feel like our work is meaningful and making a difference and helping people. And Laughing Doll Chocolates manages to accomplish all of those things in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And they have grown so much since mm-hmm. I first met them. And really took what happened with COVID and used that to their advantage, which not many of us can say. Yeah. They did not stop. And they turned and completely changed their business model. Hey, ladies, do you own your own business or are you considering starting your own? Are you craving connection and are ready to feel seen? It's time to get real about what it takes to make it as a woman business owner. My name is Kelly Bush. And I'm Kelly Metris. And we're the hosts of Getting Real with Bossy, the podcast that unites and educates women business owners through real, raw, and honest conversations. So Lindsay and her business partners at Laughing Gold Chocolates managed to hit all of the bullet points on what we want work to look like. So mm-hmm. I hope people enjoy her story. I don't want to give away any any info. Right. You'll have to listen. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, y'all. I'm Erica Cervello, and I'm the owner as well as the stylist at Gallery Salon, located at Fort Elton Street in the neighborhood of the Arts in Rochester, New York. We specialize in everything from lived-in hair color to vivid creations, haircuts, wedding hair and makeup, structured manicures, gel extensions, and the best nail art in the city. We work closely with Rochester artists and makers to carry an array of handmade goodies for you to shop from. Gallery Salon is proud to offer gender-neutral pricing, and we are a certified LBGTQ safe zone. Our space and staff are welcoming and down to earth. We know you'll be comfortable to come as you are and celebrate your individuality at Gallery Salon. You can find us at galleryhair.com and Facebook or Instagram. Give us a call at 585-271-8340 or better yet, swing by and meet us and see what we're about. Gallery Salon, located at 4 Elton Street in the neighborhood of the Arts in Rochester, New York. All right, welcome back to another episode of Getting Real with Bossy. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Jazzy. Thank you, Jazzy. Jazzcast Pro. Mm-hmm. All of the thank yous. Mm-hmm. Since I don't think uh, she got to record our giant blurb of thank yous that we did at the Frontier episode. I don't think so. No, but Jazzy is amazing. And what she's done for us and what she's done for the people listening and allowing these stories to get told and allowing people to feel like they're not alone mm-hmm. and that they're not crazy. Yep. Um, that is all jazzy. So we, we do the talk and she makes it sound nice so that you guys don't have injured ears. Yes. Or listen to my coughing fits or <laughs> whatever else. It's just, she's, she's or the crazy. dog barking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's amazing. And I know that when I proposed doing podcasts, I don't know, four or five years ago, we thought we could do this all on our own. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine the time. I don't know how she does it in the time frame that she does it Yeah, because it would take me a month. Jazzy's a rock star. She's a rock star. We should have her as a guest. We should. Hey, Jazzy. Uh, 
Hey, Kelly. How you doing? Hey, Kelly. I am excited. I am exhausted. Exhausted too, <laughs> but like so like I am literally counting down days right I now. I know. I have a hotel room and I'm not sharing with anybody because I'm selfish. So even though we're going to have to work the retreat, uh-huh. I get that time to myself and I am looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I keep thinking I'm going to bring like a list of work to do, but I think at the end of the day, I'm just going to probably put on we're not gonna have time to do anything <laughs> i know i know i keep thinking like oh but when i get back to the room afterwards but no i'm gonna need to i'm just gonna probably relax and watch law and order <sighs> reruns till i fall asleep in my bed with no responsibilities like 1990s law and order oh yeah like lenny all, all the law uh, and order Lenny's my man. Mm-hmm. Well, today we're interviewing Lindsay Tarnoff of Laughing Gall Chocolates. She's she's a great lady. I wish I could accomplish what she has accomplished in how she puts so much of her morals and values into her work is incredible. Absolutely. My name is Lindsay Tarnoff. I am one of the three owners of Laughing Gull Chocolates, uh, located on East Main Street in Rochester. Well, welcome, Lindsay. Thanks. We are big fans of your chocolate. I have lots of questions today because <laughs> I love chocolate. Um, I am a dark chocolate fanatic, so I like extra lean in because I don't like like the sweet, overly produced chocolate yeah the big brand the chocolate that you can buy at the checkout line Mass yeah. Market. Mass chocolate. Market. Market. Chocolate. Yes. Yep. we don't we don't want to talk to the ethically sourced chocolate woman right. and drop like commercial names good point, good point. <laughs> tell us about your chocolate yeah so we are primarily chocolatiers which means that we make chocolate products like truffles and chocolate caramel sauce, which is which are the two products that we started with. But we use all, I'm going to do a lot more now, but we use all transparently sourced, ethically sourced chocolate and as many locally sourced ingredients as possible to make everything. So I want to get back to that, but let's start at the very beginning yeah. because this is not something I think, this is not a super common thing we hear people becoming chocolatiers in this day and age. It's a pretty niche market. It is. So how did that get started for you? I don't have a super clear answer, but I've always loved, I've always loved chocolate. I mean, I think that's a clear answer. Well, that's fair. Um, I mean, I grew up eating chocolate and and mostly dark chocolate. um, And that kind of came from both of my parents and grandparents. And both of my parents are in the service industry. So I kind of grew up with like a background of working with the community and working with people. And when I learned how chocolate was cultivated and produced, I was absolutely horrified. So there's, I mean, I don't know how much background you want me to get into, but there are. Yeah, I would love to hear it. So the short of it is that there is a lot of slave labor, child labor, exploitation of individuals and of the environment in chocolate. So, for example, there are humans, and uh, including children, being trafficked across countries in order to work on cacao farms. And there was a big expose in the Washington, Washington Post uh, within the past couple of years about that. And then all over the world, there are rainforests being chopped down in order to grow rows and rows of cacao plants, which is great in the short term for the yield of cacao, but it makes not very good tasting chocolate. And it's obviously very bad for the environment. So when I started learning about all of that, 
I stopped eating chocolate for a very short amount of time. (laughs) Didn't last. (laughs) It didn't last very long because I realized that instead of just like boycotting it myself, I wanted to do something about it. And I wanted to change the way that the industry works and the way that our society views commodities, but specifically chocolate, because like I said, I loved chocolate. Damn. I know. Talk about doers, right? Like, well, and so it took a while to get there, right? Like, right. that we was were in like, college. This sucks, and I'm going to change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the world to see. Yeah. I mean, I just got the chills. I, know. I got a little tear. <laughs> That's amazing. That's fantastic. So, how did you get started? I was in college and studying Spanish and government and working with a history professor. So, I was writing my capstone paper on the history of the morality of chocolate and so sorry, the history <laughs> of the morality of chocolate yeah i, I kind of want to read it random. is that something that's published uh it is not published it is online <laughs> working on it Kelly. Yes. fantastic yes we'll get there so i that writing that paper and digging into all of that research really just kind of got me thinking about the the industry the history And then, of course, current day industry and started learning even more. So, for example, especially back in 2005 when I graduated, the industry was largely white male dominated and almost exclusively in America and Europe. That's changed slowly a tiny little bit in the past 15, almost 20 years. But, you know, it's still pretty much white male dominated. And so again, like changing, changing that. I worked with immigrants in DC for a while. Meanwhile, in the background, writing my business plan, (laughs) moved back to Rhode Island and accepted a job at a local culinary university. And while I was there, I took some classes in pastry arts and also was working towards my, my MPA. So have some of that background and then the nonprofit background. And while I was working at the nonprofit, I had the opportunity to start at a kitchen business incubator. So like a business incubator specifically for anything culinary related. Okay. And so that opportunity came about and I was like, well, this is, this is it. Like if not now, when? And I jumped right in and learned by doing. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. What year are we at? So this was 2013, 2014. Okay. So how in Rhode Island did Laughing Gall move from Rhode Island to Rochester? Well, we can blame my husband for that okay. or give him the responsibility. I was either either way, like him, I guess. Yeah, him, 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 him. you. Yeah. Very happy that you're <laughs> yeah. in Rochester. Yeah. I feel like I've had, and I know you can both relate to this in, in some ways, I feel like I've had. 15 different startups Mm -hmm. because I had the startup in Rhode Island. And, you know, at the time it was kind of like a hobby and we were, we must've just started dating at the time that I started the business. And then we married and he was finishing up his graduate work and had the opportunity to come to Rochester. And I kind of looked at the local food scene and small business scene in Rochester and we knew we wanted to start a family And it honestly looked like the perfect place to start a family and also to own a small business. And we're very happy here for lots of reasons. Yeah. And honestly, the neighborhood that you guys landed in is like perfect for both of those things. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we live there and and I work there. So it's great. Mm -hmm. And I love that your your shop and your home are like in the same neighborhood. It's Mm -hmm. very, let's talk about locally sourcing, right? Absolutely. Let's talk about the name Laughing Gall. 
Where does that come from? So that was a tribute to my grandmother. So when I was um, processing all of the paperwork, it happened to be the week that she passed away. And like I said earlier on, she was in large part where I got my love of baking and kitchen and dark chocolate. And she loved birds, only ate dark chocolate the last couple months of her life. Uh, She lived into her late 90s and loved the beach. And so my, again, now husband and I were looking at a bird book, just kind of like thinking about her. And we came across a laughing gull, which is a, which is related to a seagull and, you know, came up, what about laughing gull chocolates? And I, I don't even think I responded to him. I called my mom and I said, what do you think about laughing gull chocolates? And it somehow just fit. And there are no laughing gulls in Rochester, but there are lots of seagulls Mm -hmm. and our chocolate makes people happy. It so. does. It makes people very happy. <laughs> that's that's oh, great. That's so sweet. So when did you officially open Laughing Gull? So officially the business started in 2014 in Rochester. I was at the public market for about a year. Okay. Out of a, you know, like a kind of small back hidden kitchen. And then I had my first child in uh, July of 2017. And then I met my business part, one of my business partners, Carla, through our newborns. And about a month before the brick and mortar that we now have on East Main Street opened, we started working together, putting up shelves as we were our children and, you know, cleaning and, and figuring out some recipes and that kind of thing. And we officially opened the brick and mortar in February of 2018. Had it always been your thought to have partners or did that just happen because you guys met? It happened. So Carla didn't start out as a partner. We started working together and then Allison Zukowski came on uh, shortly thereafter. And then um, I guess it was in the summer of 2018 that we officially became partners. And no, I had never really thought about having partners. It was always kind of my thing. I always think I can do anything. So (laughs) we don't know what there are are no limits, right? Uh So, you know, having a newborn and opening up a brick and mortar, like both of those are really easy and you can totally do both of those at the same time. No problem. You're just going to fail a little bit at both. Yeah. (laughs) That's the one thing I've learned in thinking I can do everything is I can't do it. Yeah. It's I just not gonna be great, but not very well. Yeah. Yes. So that was a, a lesson that I learned very early on. And when Carla and I met, we had similar values. We, you know, as newborns, there's only so much you can tell, but we seem to have kind of similar parenting styles. And then again, same thing with Allison when when we got to know her. And I knew by that point that I needed some help. <laughs> um, and I wasn't able to pay for childcare. And I wanted my, you know, she was just a couple months old at the time. And so I kind of wanted my, my baby with me. I wanted, and I needed to open up this business. So I wanted someone that I could work with who could also kind of co-parent with me in a way. And that's essentially what the now three of us have done. um, That's amazing. The business and co-parent together. So I found out I was pregnant for my second, the day before I signed on owning my business. Wow. So I found out this day that I was pregnant and the next day I owned a business. And I have sacrificed so much of my children. Like there's plenty of flexibility in business ownership that you can maneuver, mm-hmm. but 
honestly, a lot of it is that emotional context, yeah, like what you can emotionally carry and how you can't really shut it off when you get home from work and then focus. Like some people are okay at it. I am not. And then I'm like exhausted emotionally and then the kids are needy and I've sacrificed so much. Um, I'm super fortunate that the kids were with people that I could trust and I didn't have to go to daycare and they were with, you know, grandparents and family members. So they had that relationship, which I'm happy for. But I remember when I first met you guys, I walked into Laughing Gall and half of your space was (laughs) Uh chocolate making and the other half was child rearing. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I was a little jealous. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, they get to bring their kids to work and like take turns making sure the kids' needs are met while you're completing your task that has to get done. Yeah. I take my kids to work sometimes and it's hell. I mean, sometimes it has to happen, but you guys were able to do it in what seemed to be a very compassionate and not an emergency situation. Like when I take, yeah, when I take my kids to work, it's because they have to come to work and I'm like, just like do what you need to do to get through this. But you guys were doing it intentionally and it was part of your business plan to have them there. And I'd never even thought about that much less experienced or seen it. Yeah. And one of my first thoughts leaving meeting you guys was, okay, they're little. And my kids were a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder when all, because your kids are all pretty much the same age. It's also amazing. Yeah. yeah like, but I was like, I wonder what it's going to be like when they're like three. And I don't know if I, if you'll agree with me, but three-year-olds can be assholes. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't imagine having three. And then if like you have more kids and now you have three three-year-olds and a baby. And I was like... So my question is, how has that changed or has it changed or evolved? So COVID hit and then they turned three, like pretty much <laughs> right, pretty much right away. So that had something to do with it too, because our whole business model had to change. So this was yet, you know, yet another startup in a sense. I mean, you say that it was child rearing and it was, but we also invited other families and other parents and other kids into that that space into that half a space to come have like a hot chocolate flight and a chocolate and cheese plate while their kids just kind of played. And, you know, we didn't worry about any messes or anything like that. It's beautiful. When COVID hit, of course, we had to stop doing that, but we did continue to bring our four kids to work because I, my second child was literally born on the eve of COVID. (laughs) They were changing the protocols in the hospital Mm -hmm. while I was there. And so it was then four. So we brought all four kids to work with us and it got a lot harder, not necessarily because of the baby, but just because they're, they're older and they need more and they, they need more. (laughs) And so that lasted maybe a year, maybe not quite a year. And we changed things up. Like instead of all three of us coming and one, one of the moms hanging out with the kids, we only had two of us come in and then the other one had a, a, a luxurious day off with the <laughs> child. And then about a year ago, so 2021 mm-hmm. we're at in like the summer, September, we decided that that was not enough and we need more space for production and shipping, which had taken off for our business, which was brand new to us. And, you know, for all of these other things in our business space, and we no longer had the space or capacity to take care of our kids. 
some of our kids started preschool and then we also used Marvelous Minds. And I know you've had Rosa on Mm -hmm. the show. And so we use Marvelous Minds for some bridge care, which was amazing. Shout out to Rosa. (laughs) Rosa Marie at MarvelousMinds.com bridge care. Well, and Rosa, who also transitioned her business to meet her needs Mm -hmm. and her childcare needs. So I want to go back a little bit because COVID didn't just change how you ran your business in terms of parenting, Mm -hmm. but it also changed how you ran your business. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. When I kind of introduced the business, I talked about the products that we use Mm -hmm. and the ingredients that we use. What I didn't mention is that we have all sorts of other products and a huge part of our mission is education and education through chocolate, changing the world through chocolate. So we do classes and of course, pre-COVID, that was all in person. And we had people come to us and we would from time to time go elsewhere, do chocolate pairings. And obviously that stopped in, in 2020. And pretty much right away, we shifted or pivoted or whatever mm, word you we want hate to that use. Word, but go I ahead. know. Use the P word. <laughs> well, you know, as long as you're using it in the context of COVID. Right. <laughs> But anybody that uses it post-COVID, I'm yeah. like, we don't use that word anymore. Mm-hmm. It, only we're, it only means COVID. Yeah. 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 And so whatever word you want to use, I mean, <laughs> we, Carla, got a website up so that we could, like an e-commerce site mm-hmm. up so that we could ship. We, I, I didn't because I had a, a newborn at home, but <laughs> Carla and Allison started delivering. Um, and that didn't last too, too long, but but we did deliver chocolate for a while. We, st- we did curbside pickup for a very long time and we still would do that. And we got our in-person classes online very, very quickly. I was in labor finishing up a tasting wheel the, the night, that Sunday night before COVID hit. And then my baby was born on Monday morning. And I call her the COVID baby. Yeah, I know. I'm like, that's how long it's been yeah, since yeah, COVID hit. Two and a half years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were doing a tasting wheel in the hospital? No, I was at home. You were My still at home? Was the second kid, labor was very quick for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, let me just finish this up mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. How yeah. long do I have yeah. before the next contraction? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that is motherhood and business ownership mm-hmm. in a nutshell. That's what you do, right? Whichever, whatever you got to do. Yeah. So we got the tasting wheel up and then... Within a week, we were doing online classes. Because were you doing online classes or were your partners doing online classes? Let's be real here. We were. I had a baby strapped to me and we were doing online You had classes. just given birth. <laughs> Within a week. So I wasn't in the hospital doing classes. So that like FMLA <laughs> yeah. and paid family leave and take that time to bond with your baby. I was bonding. She was on me. <laughs> skin to skin. Right. Yeah. Well, and honestly, as a business owner, I feel like if I had to worry about not being at work, yeah. it would almost be bonding right. harder. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just need to get this shit done. Yeah. And we'll continue bonding. Well, mm-hmm. and again, I was in a very fortunate position because my husband was able to take care of my older daughter. And I mean, my, my baby, my week old just wanted to be with me at the yeah. time. So my husband could help from time to time, but like I would nurse her and then just wear her And she would sleep when I gave the class. So it did happen all the time, but it it did happen. So it's amazing and depressing all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I wouldn't change it. I mean, if I had to do it over again, I might do some things differently now at the point I'm at, but I I wouldn't give up that time that I had with with either child in either situation. So the online, was that just locally or was that an opportunity for you to branch out? So at first it started just locally, like Mm -hmm. just with the classes that we had already had scheduled. 
But very soon, because of this amazing website that Carla had had put together, very soon we started getting inquiries from big companies all over all over the country wow. and truly all over the world. And so while we didn't expect it, a huge benefit of the shutdown was that companies were reaching out to us. And we have done tastings for Google and for quite a few for Pfizer and you know these kind of big name companies. We sent tastings to Japan. We've done tastings in the UK and the Netherlands, really all over the world. So it's yeah, been it's incredible. been pretty amazing. Do you think that would have been anything you guys would have tackled had COVID not happened? I mean, I think a goal has always been to have people all over the country understand the standards of what chocolate can be. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like not the mass produced chocolate, but like what chocolate can achieve, what it can be. I don't know that that would have necessarily been our next step. Um, and it just kind of well, happened and naturally. The large companies, I think, were focusing on employee wellness. They were mm -hmm. focusing on shopping local, shopping small business. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that, it was just like a culmination of like a perfect storm. Yeah. Of like, you got pushed into this. We have to figure out how to make money. Yeah. And at the same time, people are like, we need to shop small. Mm -hmm. And their employees are home. This was something they could do to right. kind of unite everybody. Right. Right. And they were looking chocolate. for those like weird... Yeah, we actually, we did tequila classes and we had, we had a huge turnout and we didn't think they'd go over very well yeah. because I'm like, who wants to drink tequila online? But people were just people. looking for ways to connect yeah. and be together in just unique ways. Yeah, exactly. Really take care of themselves or their employees and eat or drink something delicious. Yeah. Because the typical ways that, they, that we would do that before COVID were not possible at the time. All right. Well, so... That's plus one for COVID. <laughs> COVID wins this podcast. This one. That's it. Well, I think it's won other ones. Yeah. It's not going to win mine, but it wins other ones. <laughs> so you said that you were growing and that you've taken up the space that was for families and children into production. Mm -hmm. um, is that big enough? Are you guys content it, with where you're at? It is not big enough. It's never big enough. <laughs> We are still doing a lot of growing. We are still figuring out next steps. It's it's working for now, but it won't work for too long as things stand. So we're figuring out. So there's more to, to come here. from Laughing Gall. More to come. Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican restaurant located in the Village Gate. Open Tuesday through Sunday for lunch and dinner. Dine on delicious homemade recipes while catching up with your favorite staff. There is a happy hour every day at the bar. And don't forget that kids eat free on Wednesdays with the purchase of an adult meal. And remember, you can't make everyone happy. You are not a taco. The Union Tavern is a beautifully restored building with a rich history and views of Lake Ontario. Featuring New England favorites and hearty comfort food, everyone will have a favorite dish. From large groups to intimate dinners, there's plenty of space to celebrate special occasions. Come visit us at 4565 Culver Road, right across from the Jackrabbit. I'm excited. I know. More chocolate. Mm -hmm. Ooh, this is a good time to drop in chocolate. So you brought us chocolate uteruses. Here, you can hear the bag. <laughs> you can hear the bag rustling. She brought us chocolate uteruses. I'll put pictures up on the internet. So the chocolate uteruses are a great segue 
into the amazing work that you guys do in the community and that you have chosen to make that part of your business as well. Cause you guys are like, how do I be socially responsible or, you know, but you guys like hit so many different nuggets. On. Right. Marrying your, we talk about this a lot, your values and your business is, is difficult. So you were already doing that with how you were sourcing your products yeah. and then taking and your it values in, of your children, right. Being a part of yeah. the business and incorporating families mm-hmm. and then taking it a step further with social. Yeah. So tell us about that. I, well, first of all, I appreciate you saying that because it always feels like we're not doing enough. Like I'm not doing enough. So it, I, I appreciate you're doing more you than most. That. So keep, keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, so actually, when I started in Rhode Island, I we started a or I started a business for good, and that didn't exist in New York when we when we transferred here. And so we just kind of we set up an LLC. Is that like a B Corp? Essentially, they okay. call it a business for good, but it's like a B Corp. Not quite so much work. We're applying for, <laughs> for a B Corp now, and it's it's a decent amount of work. So so we're getting there. The social values was always inherent in the business. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the ingredients was always a part of it. And, and I always kind of wanted to do more. And we would give back to the community. You know, we got all, always asks for fundraisers and that kind of thing. And as long as they aligned with our values, we would give. And I think always trying to look for ways to really do more and really change the world with chocolate. And the education has been a part of that. But when COVID hit, it became an even bigger part of who we were. And we realized, okay, if not now, when? And we had to really go all out to make that a part of who we were, even more than it already was. And so we were a drop spot for a lot of the Black Lives Matters, Matter protests. I'm trying to think what else we did right away. We did some chocolate tastings that specifically raised money for some local organizations. We also knew that we needed some more shelf-stable products because our truffles will last a couple of weeks, but you know, still not great for shipping. So we started coming up with some bars. We actually worked with Selena's Kelly, as you know, Love the mole bar. to come up with a mole bar, which is one of my favorites. And that now goes back to a portion of that now goes back to saving AJ. And so we have a whole line of what we call inspired by Rochester products. Most of those go back to local organizations. Mm-hmm. So the local ones are saving AJ, Willow Domestic Violence and Action for Education Equity. Uh, in September of 2021, with the whole debacle of SB8, when abortion was essentially outlawed in Texas, we knew we needed to do more. And so while we primarily work locally, nothing is just local. Everything hits nationally, globally. Mm-hmm. We worked with a local artist who comes up with, um, she creates anatomically correct art and she created a uterus mold for us. And, I love it. And we started making chocolate uteruses. U- uteruses, uteri. And yeah, that's just my term. I know, I know, it is. I know but I still like it. <laughs> the S apostrophe always throws me off. Yeah. So I have to tell you a funny story. We walked in the store. I forget which kid I was with, but we stopped in to buy some chocolate for somebody that had something going on because. I was like, oh, you need chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate makes everything better. I think I knew that you guys were doing the chocolate uteruses, but like I didn't think anything of it. So we're like picking up chocolate. And one of my kids was like, oh, look at the chocolate elephant. And I was like, a chocolate elephant? And I turned on my look and I was like, that's not an elephant. And 
they're like, I think it's an elephant. And I was like, it's a uterus. And they're like, what's a uterus? And I was like, okay, well, it's your, you know, and I like went into it, but it was just so funny because they were like, let's get them a chocolate elephant. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if this makes you feel any better, but she's not the only one to think that. So. <laughs> We've gotten that before. <laughs> but it was really fun. They're like, why do they have chocolate uterus? Yeah. Sell all the chocolate uteruses. Yeah. We're trying. <laughs> okay. So doing all of this great work and running a business and keeping your values and your vision and your mission aligned, how hard is that to do when it comes to staying open? That's the, the simplest way I could put it. Uh, so are, are you asking about potential pushback? Not or... from like people, but from like the bottom line. Right. How, so, how is it profitable? Got it. Got it. Right. So you have to pay your bills. Yes. That's important. <laughs> and I assume that ethically sourced chocolate mm-hmm. is not A, easy to come by, mm-hmm. uh, shipping issues, because it's not like we live near the equator. Right. And then all of the price increases that are happening, especially now, I feel like we're in this new post-pandemic where like we're really feeling it Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. prices didn't skyrocket like we expected them to during the actual pandemic. Whereas now it's like catch up mode and everything just continually keeps going up and there's surcharges on everything. And And you're doing a lot of shipping. So you need additional products and and your business is growing and you're doing more, more business. Mm -hmm. Like, are there moments where you're like, how do I make this bottom line work? Yes. Yeah, there are. And we have gone through lots of different phases to figure out how to make the bottom line work. And, you know, my inclination is to give everything away because, like, I just want to uh-huh. – <laughs> and I know you've uh-huh. talked about that before. And But, like, we just want to do good and make everybody – happy, right? Like, but of course we can't stay in business if we do that. So we have adjusted our prices and we have a really good pricing model that we are feeling much better about. And then also kind of figuring out what is a, a higher margin, what we can do in volume, trying to figure out how we can purchase things in volume. These are all things that we're really working on now. You know, we still have, like, we actually just did a social media post about ginger because we couldn't find the ginger, any organic candied ginger. It was, like, impossible to find. So supply chain issues also, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes not only is it more expensive, but, like, we just can't find it, period. So all of these things are issues, and we are working every day to figure out how to make the bottom line work, how to make our chocolate accessible, because that's the other issue. It's a luxury item and it's not always going to be accessible to everybody, but we're trying to figure out how to make it accessible and also how to, um, how to pay our bills. And so we have a lot of really good things that we have set in place over the past couple of months or like new consistent business accounts that we've started working with. We have relatively recently started to push wholesale again, which we had stopped for a while. So we're, we're doing the things. And figuring it out. You do a lot with education because I think part of it is people don't always understand what goes into what you do and why your bar of chocolate is not going to cost the same as what you would pick up at the grocery store. Right. So, and and that's a question that most of our customers, our our consistent customers don't ask anymore because they understand. Mm -hmm. But some of our new customers will come up and say, well, I can buy a chocolate bar that's even bigger than this for, you know, a couple dollars at the store. Why is this one 
$11 or, or whatever it is. And so a huge part of our business, especially in the beginning, was education. I'm talking about, well, it's because the farmer actually gets paid higher than a fair mm-hmm. living wage. And it's because there are lots of crops on the farm. It's not just cacao. And, you know, it's like the environment is actually taken care of and the land isn't going to go defunct in a couple in a couple right. of years. And so that kind of education is really, really important. Does it make it difficult with bringing in new staff? I know that's something that you guys have just started doing the last mm-hmm. since COVID mm-hmm. because it's very important if they're the person that is front facing, yeah. they have to have all of those answers. Yeah, they and do. And believe in that. It, right. And that is one of the things that we try to figure out in the interview process is making sure that they they don't have to know everything when they first come in, but we want to make sure that anybody who works with us and especially is is customer facing is open to understanding what goes into chocolate. So we have started to kind of develop a training program and and make sure that our team understands what what goes into it. Greetings, everyone. My name is Ra. Yes, I am the host of Father Torch. I would like to take this time to invite you in my discussions on very, very important topics of being a black and brown father in today's society. Being a parent, the other parent, we face trials and tribulations too. We have worries, we have feelings. Here at Father Torch, we promote the advocacy of being the dad you wish you had. Join me at fathertorch.com. Okay. We know Allison and Carla very well, Mm -hmm. and we know they are amazing, and you guys are very close. But partnerships are tough. Mm -hmm. Are there challenges, and there's some examples you can give, or how you've been able to overcome those challenges? Because running a business with your friends is very difficult. Running your business with a partner in general. (laughs) Okay, so let's start over. Running a business is very challenging. (laughs) Having Having a partner partner. is very challenging. Mm -hmm. Having a partner that is a friend is incredibly challenging. So I went into it with our husbands. So it's like we started it together, Mm -hmm. which is a different podcast. (laughs) But it was your Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. And then you're like allowing these people to take a part of it. Mm And having that like trust and be like, I can't even. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting anxious. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to ask, but I have to. Ask, so, so, and in my mind, those are actually kind of two different questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. There are challenges. And because we have become so close and we have focused on our relationship for better or for worse, not only is it running a business together, not only are we friends also, but we were also. For, especially for the first two years, we're mm-hmm. raising our kids together. So that's a lot of different components and communication is absolutely critical. So yes, there are challenges. We all have gone through personal things in our lives, whether it be with partners or with pregnancies or kids or, you know, like so many different things. And it's hard because we want to talk to our best friends about that. And we have a lot of work that we have to get done. And then children to raise. (laughs) Setting boundaries Mm -hmm. has been really important. Um, So for a very long time, we were talking always on Facebook Messenger, personal, business, everything. And there were no boundaries. It would be at midnight. It would be at 6 (laughs) a.m. And setting those boundaries Mm -hmm. became critical. So 
Now we use Facebook for personal stuff and Slack for business stuff. Nice. Saying, you know, okay, these are our working hours. We can have a 15-minute vent session if we need to, and then we need to get work done. That was important. And again, like if there ever is an issue, just talking about it. Um, And so there was something that came up fairly recently I was frustrated with. And so I, you know, called my business partner and I said, here's what's going on. Let's figure this out. And it wasn't even something that had come across her radar that she was Mm -hmm. like aware of. She was like, thank you for letting me know. I will be more conscientious of it. And I said, great, let's move on. And I imagine that has to be almost easier because you're friends than it is like just a partner. Right. And you have to hold a lot in. Yeah. Totally. And like not share those Mm -hmm. things. And just be professional, right? Like you can't show your emotions. And it's taken a long time to get there, Mm -hmm. but it feels, it feels good. Well, we've had this, Don and I've had that struggle before in the past where we just unload everything. And then some, now it's, am I answering as your wife or your business partner? Because those are two different roles and I want to have each role. They're both important, mm-hmm. but how I'm going to answer is going to be really different. You yeah. need to set up a class on that. Right. I'm like so jealous of how you guys can segment mm-hmm. and separate. You got to Put it on the schedule. For <laughs> business plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And you've taken retreats and stuff where you guys have just gone away we the three of you mm-hmm. to talk about business and to talk about your partnership. Yep. Yeah. That's and so fantastic. we've been, we call it married. We joke that we're all mm-hmm. married. Uh, and it's been four and a half years, I think. And so, you know, that's not a ton of time, but it's enough time that we have figured things out and um, we've gone through the ups and downs and, and yeah, we've done retreats together with outside people Mm -hmm. to kind of help us work through things. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And you guys have come so far in that time, like from where I first met you until like walking in the shop today. Mm It is like a completely different building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> the last time I was in, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is the same place I yeah. walked into like yeah. four or five years ago. Yeah. More to come. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited about that. Laughinggirlchocolates.com. Changing the world through chocolate. Love it. <laughs> so in person, come visit us in the North Winton Village, 1868 East Main Street, we are online at laughinggullchocolates.com. And then can, you can find us on social media through Laughing Gull Chocolates. And that's Laughing Gull, like a seagull. And you can order through your website? You can order through the website. Yeah. Um, there it says buy now or shop now. And there are lots of opportunities to do that. You can also order a tasting through our website or make an inquiry about a chocolate class. And we do private classes and then also have these public classes that we've talked about. And you do virtual classes for people who are not in Rochester. We do. You can order the chocolate and do a class. We ship Mm -hmm. the chocolate and we'll send you a Zoom link. And Will you ship one of you? We have talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a part of what's coming. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And have have you named your tasting reel after your second daughter? No, but that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to plug that in January, you guys are doing a tasting with Selena's, which is my favorite tasting. Mm-hmm. I love, um, Kelly, I don't know if we told you the story, Mm-mm. but we decided to do a chocolate tequila tasting in the past year. And we had to find a time that all of us were available without <laughs> our children so that we could focus for like an hour. And drink tequila. Uh-huh. And Can't drink tell. tequila <laughs> and eat chocolate. It was like nine in the morning. <laughs> Oh boy! And we're all like taking the tiniest <laughs> <sips> of tequila. <laughs> and 
I mean, it's business. You got to do what you got to do. And then we all had to like go pick up our kids at like 1130 and we're like, after taking shots, not shots, but. Yeah, we're like, okay, it's nine in the morning. We're just going to drink tequila and (laughs) Mm -hmm. chocolate and pair things. Yeah. But I think it came out amazing. It was really good. You guys are doing it again with us. Yeah. When is that? Uh, That is in January. I should have the actual date. You know what? I'm going to plug a commercial in this episode for Laughing All and Selena's because I have to update my commercial. Um, what other tastings do you have coming up? Anything? So many for October. So the witches and chocolate mm-hmm. tasting that we did recently at Union Tavern that we're going to do a similar one with wine, both at New York Kitchen and Sense by Design. We are doing a couple of chocolate making classes, truffle making and bark making, which we call the basics of chocolate or science of chocolate in November through the Brainery, as well as a gingerbread, um, like a quote-unquote gingerbread. It's actually chocolate shortbread. Uh, so that oh, class will be through the Brainery at the end of November. Are you doing those classes on site at the Brainery or at your space? Those will actually be at Eat Me Ice Cream in oh, okay. Hanford. Yeah. Awesome. That's a nice space. Yeah. I did a pierogi making class there once. Oh, nice. I've always yeah. wanted to do that one. That was so good. Yeah. Awesome. So oh, what's next? What's oh, coming up for you? Oh, more classes, mm-hmm. uh, both virtual and in person. And we've been doing takeovers and dinner pairings. We recently did a dinner pairing with Crisp, so looking to do oh, that's great. Uh, more of those. We are increasing or um, like revving up our subscription box memberships. And growing the business. We recently started doing also custom molds for people. So, you know, we put together the the chocolate uterus mold and then realized that other people might want to do their own molds. So oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> we're doing one for um for the University of Rochester. Oh, wow. Um, so, so like I could give you my logo and you'll uh, make me a mold? Yeah, absolutely. Right, Are you guys up. making the molds yourself? No. Okay. No, we're having Tomrick do them. Tomrick is located in Buffalo. Okay. I was like, what goes into making a mold? I don't know, but I think yeah. we need a bossy chocolate. Yeah, right? I think so. I love that idea right. so much. Love a bossy chocolate. Yeah. You have dropped so many local organizations mm-hmm. and local businesses. And we said in the beginning, we weren't going to say any big box names mm-hmm. or, or anything else. Is there anybody else that you work with that you have not mentioned? Yes. That you want to mention and be yeah. like, hey, come support these people. So many people. Let's see if I can remember them all. <laughs> um, so one inspired by Rochester product or a product that gives back that I didn't mention is we have a pride bark that gives back to the Trevor Project. So another national organization. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of uh, chocolate and wine pairings with Living Roots. Mm-hmm. We've done quite a few chocolate and beer pairings with Roarbox, which is not women-owned, but Black Button. Own. Black Button. We're actually doing something tonight. Uh, we're doing a cocktail and chocolate pairing, which will be so much fun. You guys are so busy. I know. Yeah. We've been doing a lot. And, and now that our, well, my older kid, our kids are in kindergarten. We've feel like we have a lot more capacity. So, <laughs> so it is very helpful. Kudos for, to public school. Yeah, <laughs> that helps. It helps for sure. And we have an absolutely amazing um, assistant manager who can help run the store when we're off at meetings or doing podcasts or whatever <laughs> it is that we're doing That's to fantastic. run the, the back end of the business. 
I love so many things about your story. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just covered like four hours worth of information in like 30 minutes. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to maybe having you back next year because I feel like the way you guys work together and the ideas you have and the way you grow, you're going to be in yeah. a different spot next year. And I, I would really love to bring all back. of them in. I, I yeah. was going to say, I think we will be. And I think it would be great to have Carla and Allison on as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. We'll yeah. have to do a check-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. See where you're at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to secretly dance over here in the corner. Even though you guys can't see me. We keep talking about doing a YouTube channel. We got to get our camera. Well, I had it ready. So. You got it ready. Mm-hmm. So when I secretly dance, people mm-hmm. can see it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, changing changing, you're changing the world through chocolate. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do. Thank you to Lindsay Tardoff for joining us from Laughing Gull Chocolates. You know, so I know their slogan's always been changing the world with chocolate, but like they're legit doing that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) really changing the world, how the world sees chocolate. And I think that's just incredible. It's amazing. And what they've managed to accomplish and how they've managed to do it within their own value system Mm -hmm. is inspiring. Yeah. Makes me want to be a better person. I agree. You could find Lindsay at laughinggullchocolates.com. Make sure you book your event, mm-hmm. either virtual or in person. And uh, you can find them sometimes at our businesses yeah. because we love partnering with them. Mm-hmm. Make sure you join Bossy at bossyrock.com backslash join to stay in the loop for our happy hours and events that are coming up. And follow us at Bossy Rock for any updates. Absolutely. And... Uh, Tune in in the next couple episodes. We're going to share some stuff that we learned at our retreat, and we're going to do some sound bites. Hopefully, I'll get some time to interview some some of the participants and some of the speakers. I'm really excited. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Be bold, be brave, and be the boss. Kelly out. This podcast has been brought to you by Gallery Salon where beauty and art collide. You can find out more at galleryhair.com. Love it. Lime it. With Selena's Mexican Restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. Find out more at selenas.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S.com. Hi, I'm Kelly Bush, and I own Marshall Street Bar and Grill. Whether you're out celebrating with friends or looking for a catered event, Marshall Street is your number one choice. With board games, pool, darts, pinball, and three large screen projectors, you'll never run out of things to do. Check out our huge menu with over 60 items, including vegan and vegetarian food, 18 taps, unique spirits, and great daily specials. We've got something for everyone. Come see old friends or make new ones at Marshall Street Bar and Grill. You always have a home at Marshall Street.